Welcome to a new episode of Poise to Shine, the place to be to own your ambition, be your advocate, and advance your career. Welcome to a new episode of Poise to Shine, and today we have the one and only Kay Fabella, the story finder. Hi Kay, so happy to have you here. Nico, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Yay! And so tell us a bit um, about yourself, what you do, and all these interesting things. Fantastic. Well, I am Kay Fabella. I'm the story finder for entrepreneurs who want to up-level their business by upgrading their story and their message to grow their audience of raving fans and increase their impact. And so I do that with my way with words, as you know. <laughs> yes, I got chills already. <laughs> And I, what, I, what I love doing is helping people take everything that they already are, grounding themselves in their identity and their unique story and putting it out there in a way that impacts the right people and helps them, you know, make the impact that they're here to make. And so um, I've always loved words. Uh, I particularly love working in the online space because I get to connect with people from literally all over the world. I hear so many stories over the course of a given day. And my success is really when I see another person finally step out of the shadows and into the spotlight to, you know, start gaining traction in their business because they finally know what to say and how to say it in a congruent and cohesive way and get their message out there to the people that they're meant to serve. So that's what I do. And that's a bit about me. I uh, love it. I love <laughs> it. And uh, I think the important part as well is that uh, it's uh, their own message and uh, it's delivered with uh, authenticity. So it's really, you know, about being the best version of themselves and not trying to um, uh, kind of fill a gap that maybe is not really necessary. So you're really doing a good service to a lot of people, me included, just guys so you know. I loved working with Kay and uh, um, I'm looking forward to work more. So um, tell me a bit more though, as in you weren't always the story finder. How did you arrive to this point? Well, the other nickname that uh, my clients have given me is the pivoting queen. (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly pivoting. Uh, The story finder is actually, I didn't land on it right away. I've been in business now for a little over five years now. And so I think that's maybe my third or fourth title. It was all still around story and communication, but it was really just So I've learned to stop apologizing for pivoting and I encourage my clients to do the same because so many entrepreneurs who come to me are in the midst of an up level, a rebrand, a pivot of some sort. And I tell them there's nothing to apologize for. You're where you're at on your journey and it's unfolding the way it should be. So never apologize for where you are. And if you're pivoting, it's because you're uncovering another layer of who you already were. And so that, that to me is the way that I justify how many times that I pivot. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because people are feeling guilty, right? It's like sometimes they feel guilty because maybe they invested a lot of time and effort into something. And now suddenly they want to do something different, but it's not that sudden either. It's, it's a built in uh, type of transition. So you help them with that. Exactly. And it's a constant evolution, right? I think there's this, there's this sort of, there's this sort of notion, especially around storytelling and around stories and how things are delivered in the media and how we talk about somebody's trajectory or in a memoir or their upward rise to success. This notion of overnight success, I think, is a oh, total yes. BS. 
<laughs> because we're in constant evolution as human beings. You don't know who you're going to be from one month to the next or one year to the next. And especially if you're an online business, you may discover that the niche that you started out with is not the one that you want to continue with. You may discover that you want to take on a partner. You may discover that the audience that you thought you wanted to serve isn't exactly the audience that you want us to get out with. And they, I think there's a lot of guilt, like you said, around, oh, I'm not seeing it through or I'm too wishy-washy or yeah. whatever messages we've been fed about, you know, <laughs> you know, see it through until the very end. And that, I think that's such a mistaken notion, especially in business, when imagine all the people who stay stuck in either a career or in a version of their business that they feel like, oh, I've already put so much effort into this, so why would I walk away now? Rather than focusing their energies on where they can truly thrive and where they can truly serve people to their best abilities. So uh, that's something that I've had to take to heart as my business has evolved, and it's gone through many different evolutions, uh, and what I encourage my clients to do as well. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love it. You know, I fully agree with that. And uh, I saw uh, somewhere um, a comparison between, you know, being stubborn and trying to take things uh, up until, you know, the very end, as you mentioned, uh, to uh, playing the slot machines. You know how sometimes you're playing them and you're losing and you're losing, but hey, come on, you already invested so much in it and you just keep going just for sheer stubbornness sometimes. And, and, and that at times in, in some things we might get a bit set on our course instead of saying, well, okay, look, it's not paying off. So it's time to just look at those return on investments and just look into what is good for us. And not necessarily in business, can be in a lot of different areas, but definitely in business, I think it's core. So you help a lot of people with that as well and you help them along the way. And Let's say right now, things are pretty good, I have to say, or they look really good, but maybe they haven't always been so easy. So can you share maybe a challenge or a time that wasn't as easy? There were many. Uh, <laughs> uh, where do we start? How long do you have? No, um, <laughs> no I think that um, there is definitely the sort of how I got into my business, which I wasn't planning on being an entrepreneur. That was not in my, you know, five, 10 year plan of where I thought I was going. And then there's this sort of evolution that happens. So I'll break it down into two things. Uh, one is before I started my business, I wasn't planning to because I am originally from Los Angeles, but I'm based here in Madrid, Spain. I've been here for close to nine years now at the time of this recording. So oof, almost a decade. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Uh, and I've really loved my time here. I'm obviously settled here. My husband is Spanish. I, you know, very, very happy where I am. Um, but at the time I was working for a company and we were in the process of, you know, trying to switch over my working visa or rather my student visa to a working visa. And basically it was, you know, immigration and you know, things beyond all of our control. And, you know, then they couldn't, the, the contract that they were supposed to put in front of me fell through at the last minute. And long story short, I was jobless um, and trying to figure out a way to stay here legally in this country. Wow. Um, and, as, and by that point, I was three years deep. I'm like, I'm not walking away yet. Yeah, <laughs> I really like talking about pressure. Yeah. And so I was looking at uh, different opportunities for myself and, you know, being the uh, personal development junkie that I am, I was looking into different master's degrees and different courses for further education. 
And I thought, well, given my skills in communication, given my background in econ and international relations, which I'm really only putting one of those into practice right now, um, it it was it felt like a natural fit for me to do something in the online space, but around communication. And so I looked at marketing, I looked at you know digital marketing, community management, I looked at all these different things. So I applied for those different master's degrees. But lo and behold, all of those different master's degrees wanted me to have experience, which oh, I didn't wow. have. Okay. <laughs> and all of those uh, all of those places where I could get that experience said that I needed a master's degree. <laughs> so, oh, that's so really an arrow going in, in some direction. There was a sign there somewhere. Exactly. So for me, the catch 22 was just, okay, where do I, where do I begin? Because my time is running out and I want to, you know, I'm very solutions oriented when I have my mindset on something. And so my thought was to look at, and this is way back when, when before it was Upwork, it was Elance and Odesk. And this is dating myself now in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I went to get my first, you know, set of clients uh, as a freelancer. And the idea was just to, you know, do a little bit of work, like offer my services. I figured, you know, what the heck, like I know a little bit about, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn, a lot of different platforms. Um, And I was supposed to freelance for a few months, build that portfolio, apply for that master's degree. And I've been building that portfolio ever since. (laughs) That's fantastic. Which is really cool. So, I so once I knew that I was in on this business, I I realized, okay, well, well, one, I really liked working for myself. I think that you would agree. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and so for me it was okay, so what do I do next to grow this business? And so uh, being here based in Spain, uh, I looked initially at positioning myself in a way that helped me stand out. And so I wanted to leverage being bilingual. I wanted to leverage, you know, what could set me apart from other people in digital marketing. And one of those sort of Wikipedia rabbit holes led me down this path where I landed on storytelling. And it was on the page of a person who eventually became my mentor. And he hooked me up with some of my first big projects at Google, which was really exciting. Um, But, you know, that aside, I, I realized oh, that is something clicked for me when I landed on that page way before I even contacted him, which was, oh, that's the reason why certain brands resonate more with people. That's the why, that's the reason why, you know, Apple and Nike and Coca-Cola and all these bigger brands that spend so much time, like, you know, tickling our heartstrings whenever we hear one of their ads or read one of their messages, that that's what they're doing. That's storytelling. And I was so fascinated by that. And I thought, how can I translate that into the entrepreneur, the online entrepreneur space, online business space, all these people that I was networking with here in Madrid and online, and how can I translate that into how to help small businesses? And so that's where I really found my niche. And it felt like a natural evolution because I like to joke that I've always been a storyteller. True. Because, (laughs) (laughs) well, because it's a skill I had to learn very early on in life because I'm originally from LA, like I mentioned before, but I am the daughter of Filipino immigrants. And uh, let's just say, if you have a non-European looking face, you'll always get a second question, which is, where are you from? Number one, where are you really from? Number two, (laughs) (laughs) which is 
it's something that really bothers you as a child when all you want to do is fit in and belong and blend. Um, but eventually there was a point in my childhood, I think when I was seven or eight, that I realized, okay, this question is always going to be a part of my reality. So how can I approach this with an open hand and an open heart instead of clenched fists? And That's so true. I carried my story. And that lesson stayed with me. Wow. And so it felt like a natural progression into, oh, this is something I've been doing my whole life. How can I apply it to helping businesses connect with their audiences? So that's kind of the before my business, the how I built it. And then in terms of challenges as I built it, I mean, goodness, it's just been shedding layers. Uh, it's yeah. been, I think, initially when you join any new space, and even though I was lucky that I found a niche very early on and something that spoke to me, it didn't mean that I, didn't, I still didn't fall into the trap of shiny object syndrome. It didn't mean that I didn't invest more than I should have in like coaches and courses and programs that all under-promised, uh, or rather over-promised and under -delivered. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, oh, doing all the things, basically, right? Doing uh, all the things, exactly. Yeah. And there was a time when I was running my, my business in both English and Spanish as somebody who was operating completely solo. I had my English and Spanish blog posts coming out every week and English and Spanish newsletters coming out every week on top of delivering to my clients, which was just insane like what you guys can see my face but honestly right now i'm like rolling my eyes i'm uh, i don't know i have no words i'm speechless for once and it was crazy, it was crazy you know and so there were a lot of questions i would say really within the past year that i've had to double down on what works um i walked away from a partnership that was you know that was no longer aligned with who any of us were uh, when we started out or it wasn't serving us to the best of our abilities i had to let go of my spanish brand and just get you know get rid of having to pump out content in spanish every week or every month which is starting to drain me and take attention away from focusing on either building my team or working with my my clients and in, and my students um, i've had to you know and all of these decisions didn't happen overnight they were hard they were they required me to look very deeply at what my reasoning was behind holding on to it or whether it was ego, whether it was something that, you know, I had to stick it out and see it through, whether I had to force myself to like, but you've already, you've already put so much of your, your blood and your sweat and your tears into making this work. Why are you walking away and really reckon with myself uh, with each of those decisions. So I would say most of my challenges have come around when you find yourself no longer feeling in alignment with the business or with the career that's in front of you, and then having to decide what to do next, you know, take the easy way out, quote unquote, and just stick it out and keep pushing forward, um, but stay miserable because, you know, it's no longer what you want to do, or really zoom out and look at your options and decide, you know, a very simple question Does it feel heavy? Should I let it go? And if it feels light, should I make more room for that to, to exist and occupy space in my life and how I operate? Oh, so gosh. I love these. I love these K like, that's a great sound bite as well, just so you know, and, uh, um, I hope you will use it somewhere. Um, hint, hint, uh, but, uh, um, and, and I have to say though, one thing is that you showed a lot of self-awareness and willingness as well to dig deeper there because uh, sometimes we prefer 
it's uncomfortable, right? I guess it was uncomfortable to have those type of conversation with yourself and to ask yourself those questions because there is so much at stake. And at the end, you need to decide if you're going in one direction or another. And definitely when it comes to partners, uh, uh, business partners, friends, and so on, there were as well other layers that affected your personal life. So that took a lot of strength. Thank you. I, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, we are really strong by now. And, but with all this journey, um, so what is success for Kay now? So success, it's funny, I keep coming back to this quote, and, and I, I'm, I'm laughing about it because I was literally looking at my Facebook profile before we hopped on, on for this podcast interview, and I'm like, wow, because I've been on Facebook, I'm like one of the OG Facebook users, you guys, I needed a university email address to access this platform when it first rolled out in the US, wow. <laughs> so I've been on this like we're besties <laughs> for as long as they'll have me or for as long as, well, that's a whole other conversation, but I yeah. digress. <laughs> I was looking at, um, this was, a, there was a time where people used to fill out your profile because it was almost like a, a hot or not kind of like, you know, rate my yeah. whatever. Yeah, it was exactly, there were, there's sections in here that I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that I still had this, but I had a section on my favorite quotes. And the, the reason I'm sharing this is because one of them particularly answers your question so perfectly because it's one I still come back to. And it's uh, from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he says, to laugh often and love much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. Whoa. <laughs> and I revisit it easily two or three times a year ever since I posted this in my profile just to look at it again. And I realize how much each of those things ring truer and truer for me the older that I get. And so that's what success looks like to me is really just owning and operating who you are and in who you are and moving forward in life and making decisions from a place of does this feel good to me? Does this feel aligned with me? And will this positively affect the people around me and the generations after me? And if the, que the answer to all of those questions is yes, then I keep moving. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, um, well, that quote is very powerful. And uh, um, I think it, in a way, answers something that I wanted to ask you as well is like, uh, one, um, what was your biggest priority in life? Because it does look that you're using that as kind of... Uh, direction like a map to say okay where do i want to go is that correct or is there maybe a bigger priority at the moment or something a bit more urgent let's say for you definitely yeah definitely it's it, it is definitely something that i i look back on and i reflect on often because i think it's important to to zoom out regularly to see 
whether or not, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in the details and the day to day and what's in front of you on your checklist or your to do list for to get to get done. So zooming out regularly and trying to reconnect with what's important to you, I think is, is, is good, whether it's a quote or a life plan or, you know, there's many different frameworks around it. And you and I both know this as people who love personal development. We probably read all the same books. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we keep reading more. Like we never stop. I know we never stop. It's amazing. Um, but I think that in addition to that, one of the things that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately I learned early on is what's at stake if we don't really own and operate in who we are. And that happened because my first job out of university, out of college, uh, when I was 20, yes, when I was 20, um, I, I burnt out. I was, I worked so hard to the point of, well, I don't want to say it was specifically this job because it would have been any job because I was on such a crazy upward trajectory. I started reading when I was age two, studying algebra when I was at age 10. I graduated university at age 19 and started my first job at 20. So I was, I was on the road to burnout no matter what. It just so happened that it happened at the first job because all I knew was work. All I knew was throwing myself at a goal and just committing wholeheartedly to it without really even questioning the why behind it or questioning whether or not it was healthy for me or that I'd set boundaries for myself. And of course that led to me having to quit that job because I was diagnosed with clinical depression. And so uh, at age 22, I had to start the long upward battle to recovery of, of figuring out, you know, what led to me burning out, what led to me hitting this rock bottom so early in life and how I could put measures in place or how I could, you know, study ways that would allow me to, if not avoid it, at least learn to, you know, set up my life in a way that I wouldn't have to get to that place again or get or backslide into, into a dark place like that again. Okay. And every question that I have then asked myself moving forward in terms of my life and my career, and I tried to continue to maintain moving forward in my business is what feels like the next right thing? And initially it was moving to Spain, which my parents were like, what? <laughs> I was like, but I loved it when I was an undergrad and it was a cool semester. Let's just try it out for a year and see what happens. We obviously know the end to that story. Um, you know, or whether it was starting my business, whether it was finding partners, letting go of partners, adding team members, uh, adding new programs, letting go of programs. Whatever feels like the next right thing, I think is important for us to remember because it doesn't depend on external validation. It doesn't depend on you having to answer to anyone else except for the most important relationship, which is what you have with yourself. Because you serving and taking care of yourself first allows you to serve others in the best way possible. And so hopefully by tuning in regularly and asking myself, what's the next right thing? Uh, and a multitude of other practices that I cover in my upcoming book of like what I've tried and worked and just channeling all my personal development junkiness into like, into some, into some sort of side, um, you know, I think is really important uh, for anyone listening to this, for anyone moving forward, because that's, that's how we can show up as our best selves day in and day out. And I'm so looking forward to your book. Do you know more or less when we could uh, uh, expect it or at least where people can check for news? 
Well, I, as of the time of recording, I just finished the hard part, which is writing it. <laughs> so Yay. I'm celebrating, which means there's still a long way to go until publication. But if people wanted to sign up for the wait list and be the first to know when it's gone live and when it's been published, then you can head to my website and I can give you the link for that. That's amazing. Yes, I will put it uh, in the um, description so people can go and uh, exactly sign up for the wait list, explore your site as well, and see a bit more um, of what you do and the magic that you bring. Because really, honestly, you know I call you that wordsmith, but you really are. <laughs> and uh, so we talked a bit about mentors and people in your life, but when were you growing up? Did you have like a role model, someone you looked up to? Oh man, I, I loved, I loved Oprah, mm. really loved Oprah. Um, her and Maya Angelou, I, I am just so grateful that I grew up in a time where I got to see both of those two women alive at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that one was the mentor for the other. And to me, I, I loved that relationship. I loved what each of those women accomplished, how none of them fit into, neither of them fit into a box or just one box. They kept busting through the ceilings of what we thought was possible in every realm and facet. You know, Maya Angelou was a poet and an activist and an author and a musician. Uh, you know, Oprah is the media, you know, is like the media queen that we know her to be, but is also, you know, like a spiritual guru and this amazing interviewer. She's just, you know, brilliant on so many levels. The amount of conversations she's had with just movers and shakers is just all inspiring. And the fact that she continues to add to and shape the cultural conversation to me is really inspiring too. So those are probably two people that if I could have just been a fly on the wall for one of their conversations, I think about it often. I'm like, wow, that would be a really cool conversation. <laughs> think sometimes, uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. And sometimes I, I feel that if I just have the opportunity, you know, if I had the opportunity to talk to these people, I will get smarter. I will get just by proximity. By know? osmosis, yes. <laughs> I re- yes, I really feel like that. I'm like, if I could just spend, you know, 10 minutes <laughs> with that, I was like, oh my God, my life will open up. I, I, I can really relate to that. And so right now, is there anyone or a group of people or who, who are basically your inspirations at the moment? Oh, wow. It's funny because I feel like right now they go on either end of the spectrum. They're either older than me or younger than me. And right now I am super inspired by young activists like Yara Shahidi. She's brilliant. Malala Yousafzai. Holy crap. The woman is like a Nobel Peace Prize winner and survived a bullet wound to the head because she wanted to go and pursue her education. I, I just think it's really funny to me because I'm kind of in this weird in between looking at people behind me or behind me like younger than me because yeah. of their birth certificate and thinking wow I wasn't nearly as self-aware and developed as you are I look up to you queen like <laughs> yes or I thought I was and then I'm realizing I oh, so yeah. wasn't <laughs> it's brilliant and honestly I think of just like strong strong women are obviously very attractive to me um but more importantly 
women who aren't afraid to stand in something you mentioned earlier on an authenticity and integrity to raise their voice in a powerful way and you know shift the conversation in the process because my big thing now is I look at these voices, I look at these women who are leading movements, whether it's, you know, the Parkland survivors like Emma Gonzalez um, or Malala Yousafzai uh, or Yara Shahidi. And I think, oh my gosh, they're all, they're all taking a stand because even, even if they're not silently protesting, they're clearly not because their voices are being heard their silent protest in quotes is them just showing up as who they are because all of them are women of color. All of them are women who are standing in their stories and owning their truths and, and sharing their voices as, as loudly as possible because they want to see change. And I know that change happens from every single client that I've worked with, from every single thing that I've witnessed in my short life, from the people that I look up to both younger and older than me, I see that, the first step to equality is visibility, is representation, is just examples and stories of people, these individuals who are brave enough to step out of the shadows and say, I'm here and here's what I want to see change. And that anyone who falls in that spectrum that I've seen, and I'm sure there's names I'm forgetting because I'm just so excited thinking about this amazing energy of women that I'm seeing, uh, is just is just a is an inspiration for me in my book. And that visibility, that representation, I look, I fully understand where you're coming from, and uh, uh, I fully agree, and I admire as well. Uh, anyone really who stands for something that uh, has an impact uh, on so many other people. Um, For instance, there is uh, um, the actress Gina Davis. Uh, Gina created a foundation and she is really fighting uh, um, for uh, equal representation on screen for both genders. And uh, that's something that, of course, for me as a woman, uh, that's key because uh, movies now like Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel are making a difference. And uh, yes, it's a popular culture. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's for the masses, but that's where changes needs to arrive. It cannot just be elitist. It cannot be blocked just in the hands of few because they are more educated or they had more opportunities. It should be for everyone. So that's why I really follow what she's doing and I'm, you know, a huge supporter because it's actually, I see the benefits that we're having or having um, good showrunners because then I feel represented. Like recently (laughs) there was Grey's Anatomy, I know, popular culture, uh, but there are a few characters that are real Italians and now and then they do speak Italian. And I love one thing, being Italian myself, is not a parody of an Italian person. They are real. <laughs> and I think for yourself as well, with your heritage, you can relate to that. Because when I see the caricature of Asians or, you know, exactly um, Italians and so on, it's like, they're not a real person. I don't feel represented because they are butchering my language. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so that's exactly. Yeah, because they're definitely, it almost feels like they're being caricaturized, they're caricatures of themselves rather than, um, and and because there's still a long way to go in terms of representation in media and the online space, and you know, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But I think that it's so, 
I think that should, if anybody's listening to this and you feel like your story isn't enough, or if your story isn't worth sharing, think of all the people whose, whose stories aren't represented, whose stories will feel like they're identifiable with yours because they'll look at you and look what you have to share and say, finally, somebody who is a full 360 degree version of whether it's race, ethnicity, uh, sexuality, gender, uh, instead of the exception to the rule. And that comes with somebody just taking the time to put themselves out there, taking the time to own their story and, and have faith that the right people will hear it. And so I think it's, it's a much longer conversation around, that's, that's the other thing that I geek out on is representation and inclusion um, across the board, but mostly coming down to the fact that it's individual stories that change the game. It's individuals raising their hand and sharing who they are and where they've been and what their experiences are and putting a face and a name to the change, whether socially or culturally, that they want to see. And the same goes for your business. The same goes for you applying for a career that you love. Um, it's just you showing up is, is changing everything. You owning your story and recognizing that your story is enough is the change that you want to see. So that's my word of encouragement to people. Yeah, um, and it's super powerful. And uh, really, I think that's something people should realize is uh, uh, their own unique story can really change the life of so many other people. So they should really tune in. Um, don't be afraid to share it. And look, because uh, this was fantastic, the last thing I really want to ask you is, uh, what do you normally um, listen to, your head or your heart? Oh, I would say it's been a journey to move from my head to my heart. That's where I'm occupying right now because I think my head for a very long time was what I relied on to think my way through things. And something that you said early on in our conversation, which definitely rings true to me, is that you can't always control the outcome. You will not necessarily know all the answers right away. And for that, you have to tune into your heart. So it's been this amazing evolution of not, you guys can't see me as I'm moving my hand, but I'm holding my hand in front of my, my forehead, moving it down towards my heart. And finding that, to, finding that balance between the two instead of always being up here and so cerebral. Um, I think that's where I'm at now. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Kay. And look, I ask this to everyone. Is there anything else that I should have asked you that I didn't and that you want to share today? Honestly, I've fully enjoyed this conversation. I think that I, I would leave your audience with this this. If you're waiting for a sign that now is the time to put yourself out there, now is the time to reach that next goal, to pursue that dream career, to decide that you're ready to own a platform and, and share your story, it's, it's now, it's this, because it's never too late to rewrite your story. It's always up to you whether or not you decide this is not how my story is going to end. So this is your sign. So go out and get it. Thank you so much, Kay. Thank you. And uh, I'll leave uh, all uh, um, your links in the description so our audience can go and uh, uh, check you out. Okay. I wish you a great day. And uh, for the listeners, thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and to join the Confidence Tribe on Facebook. 
And remember, confidence is the inside job you need for the job you want. Have a great day.